Have your Bibles, turn with me please to the book of Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel 38, we haven't been here in about three or four years. As a matter of fact, um, let me bring you up to date on what we have done in Ezekiel 38. We spent about 14 or 15 weeks back about 10 years ago studying these scriptures. I mean, we studied it verse by verse. And then about four or five years ago on Sunday morning, I gave a message out of this, but tonight there have been, according to the recent developments, we're going to do our watch and pray tonight, and it's going to be right out of this book because of what's going on in the Middle East. I have not been dealing with current affairs. It's been three or four months since I've been dealing with current affairs, but even though we're studying the Revelation, we're still in the church age, but there are several matters that have come to fruition in the Middle East, and I've had lots of questions. People have been asking, even people have been asking on Facebook for us to come and, and make some comments and, and let people know what's going on in the Middle East. And uh, what I can tell you from what I see, Jesus is wrapping things up. On this globe, our Lord is about to come. We're told, and here's what I want to give you some, some encouragement tonight. We are told that when we see these things come to pass, that we are to lift up our head. The Bible doesn't say we're to drop our head and say, poor pitiful me. Amen. The Bible doesn't say when I see our society and I see wars and rumors of wars and things going on like they are. The Bible doesn't say to drop my eyes or drop my head. Jesus said, look up because your redemption draweth nigh. Don't look down in sadness. Don't look down in, look, in disgust. Look up. Don't look for destruction. Look for redemption. And that's what I'm looking for tonight. Gee, here's what he said in Luke 21, 31. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, these are the words of our Lord. When you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Watch ye therefore and pray always. That's why we call this the Watch and Pray series. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape. What? You mean there might be a chance as I see world war coming on, as I see nuclear war coming on, as I see all the, the things that are going on in our society, that, all the chaos that's coming, the cataclysmic events, the pandemics, all these things. You mean, Jesus, there's a way of escape? That's what he said. Well, listen to what he said. He said, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. They are going, these things will absolutely, positively come to pass. And he said, there is a way of escape and that way is him. He said, you will stand before the Son of Man. Thank God we're not looking for the Antichrist tonight. We're looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God we're not looking for destruction. We're looking for salvation. These things are going to come to pass. I'm looking for the Lord. I'm looking for the rapture of the church. But now what's going on in Israel right now on the Gaza Strip? I taught you a series on Israel when I first came to be pastor here. Might need to do it again. And uh, we looked at the Gaza Strip, the West Bank, and the Golan Heights and what's going on in there, what will go on there in prophecy. But tonight we're seeing the Hamas. You know the news. It's been in the news for 19-so days now. Hamas has attacked, attacked Israel from the Gaza Strip. What is going on there, preacher? Can I just tell you, I'm not going to mince anything. I'm going to take off the gloves tonight, and we're going to hit 
hard. I believe we are seeing the preludes to the war here in Ezekiel 38. I really believe that with all my heart. As, Ga- as Gaza, the Gaza Strip was used for a launching pad for Hamas. This could be the spark. This could be. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying it could be. It is looking like it is. This could be the spark that sets off the whole keg of powder. I mean, when you light a fuse, you light a little bitty spark. But when that fuse gets so far and it gets close to that powder, you get a you get a pretty sudden explosion. I think that's what is going to happen. Well, I'm I'm hoping and praying that the Lord give us a little more time. But let listen. We're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. We prayed that tonight. Somebody in their prayer prayed that that tonight. We're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Not war. We're to pray for peace. But war is coming. And what we're about to read from these verses of Scripture is absolutely what is going to happen. And I want to draw your attention to Ezekiel chapter 38 and verse number 3. The Bible says in Ezekiel 38, 3, And thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, that's Moscow and Tobolsk. I will turn thee back. He's talking to Gog in the land of Magog. I will turn thee back. That is Russia. I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws, and I'll bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, and all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields and all of them handling swords. Watch the countries that are coming, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer. And all his bands, the house of Tagarma, of the north quarters, and all of the bands and many people. Watch this, verse number 7. Be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. God is saying in these scriptures, this will happen. He is speaking here to the Jewish people, you be ready for this war. Can I just tell you that Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, has stood up and quoted these verses of late. And he said, the Bible, the Old Testament, the God they worship, they may reject Christ, but they still believe the Old Testament. And they believe this war is at hand. So we find tonight six countries specifically listed that come against Israel in the last days. It is an alliance of nations. You might say, if we use modern terms, it is a coalition of nations. This coalition of nations that is mentioned here in Ezekiel 38 has never come against Israel in the past. So we know that this is a future prophecy. It wasn't like Ezekiel prophesied it 2,600 years ago and it came to pass 1,000 years later and it's history. It is not history. This is futuristic. Are you all with me? And so this war is, and also the Psalm 83, uh, also the Psalm 83 wars are futuristic also. He mentions the land of Magog. Who is that? I'm going to quiz you. Somebody give it to me quick. Russia. Russia, thank you. He mentions the nation of Persia. Who is that? Iran, thank you. He mentions the, the, the nation of Ethiopia. That's pretty easy. It's still the, the countries of South Africa. I don't know if you've seen some of the news headlines that say World War could start in South Africa now. Isn't that amazing that over 2,600 years ago, Ezekiel told us how the nations would align in the end of days. And then he mentions also Libya. 
We know where Libya is. It's right beside of Egypt. It's the other side. It's the east side of Israel. Then he mentions Gomer. Tell me who Gomer is. Germany, Ukraine, Crimea. They're all combined. Some scholars differ on that, but most scholars say Germany, East Germany specifically, East Germany, Ukraine, and Crimea. Then finally, we see a country listed here, Tagarma. What country is that? Turkey, very good. And so the Turkey is the sixth country. Now, I, that's where I want to sort of look at for just a few minutes here. It's obvious as we look at these nations uh, that Russia and Iran are already linked together very tight. There's no, the, the jury doesn't have to go out on that. We're not, so we're not going to look at Libya or Ethiopia tonight. We're not going to look at Gomer. But I do want to take a quick look at where Turkey is because here's where we are. As we see this alliance or this six-nation coalition come together, the more it comes together, the closer we are to this war. Is everybody with me? As we see these puzzle pieces coming together, the closer we are to this war. I believe that this war is concurrent or preludes just a little bit the rapture of the church. So as we see this war coming to fruition, we're seeing the nearing of the rapture of the church. So we're not watching this war to dread war. We're watching this war to lift up our head. Amen. We're not watching Russia to worry and, worry and bite our nails about nuclear war. We're watching Russia to know they're coming to the Middle East. I don't care what the news media says. The news media says, oh, Russia's broke. Russia's, Russia's failing in Ukraine. You better watch some other news media sources. You better pick up some Middle East news, me me news media sources. They're saying different things than our news media is. Amen, preacher. And we know even if Russia gets defeated in Ukraine, they are still coming into the Middle East per my Bible. And uh, I, sometimes things look like that they're not going to happen, and they do. So the next biggest player in this alliance is Turkey. By the way, I've been teaching this for 23 years. I've been teaching this when people disagreed with me. I've been teaching this when family disagreed with me, when churches wouldn't even have me to preach and because of my stance on the end times. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. It's everything I've said has come right exactly into play because why? I took it straight from the Word of God. I didn't inject prophecy. I didn't say dreams. I didn't say I had revelations. I said it's in the Word of God. All we got to do is study. So as we look, we see Russia and Iran are already linked. But the next biggest player in this alliance is Turkey. Now, you can look at this alliance that's going on in the world now and say, well, preacher, Turkey is a member of NATO, the National Alliance and Treaty Organization. They're, they're, and, and they're supposed to stand with NATO. If NATO stands with Israel, then Turkey is supposed to stand with NATO because they're a member of it. Well, you're saying, preacher, that the Bible says Turkey in the end of days is not going to align with NATO. They're going to align with Russia. Is everybody with me? You know where Turkey is tonight? They are aligning with Russia. They may be a member of NATO, but recent developments show just opposite. Their president, Erdogan, 
has framed Israel as committing war crimes and says he will stand with Hamas. So, if he takes a stand against NATO with Hamas, that's going to throw a great big sprag in the cog. But you know what? It's going to align with the Word of God. And so when I look at the news media, when I look at the philosophies of the United Nations, when I look at the global picture, you know where I align? I'm going to align with this book. And this book is always right. So many look at this prophecy and say, well, that won't happen. Turkey's a member of NATO. They'll have to support Israel. But here's what Erdogan said, and I quote him. He's saying that Turkey may come to the aid of Hamas, and he, they may come any night unexpectedly. So guess what? If Turkey goes in to aid Hamas, we're at war. And if we're at war, we're already in a proxy war with Russia in Ukraine. We're already in a proxy war against Iran in Syria and Israel. We're already practically in a proxy war for the Philippines and Taiwan. Can the United States fight three different superpowers like that? You answer that question. I'm just going to tell you, folks, we're, we're living right now in a dark time on the world scene, but it's an exciting time to be a Christian. It's an exciting time to know that I'm walking, listen, I'm walking tonight with my head up. I came to church in expectation that Jesus could come tonight. I, you say, preacher, I've heard that all my life. Well, it's just getting more and more relevant and relevant to our society and to our time. So as he said, Erdogan said that, that uh, Turkey may come any night unexpectedly, he received an ecstatic applause and the, the Turkish people were chanting the Turkish military to Gaza. Turkish military to Gaza. We are that close to World War III as I speak. Amen. You say, preacher, that puts fear in me. What are we going to do? We're going to trust the Lord. Amen. You remember my message on when you're in a mess, do your best and trust God for the rest. We're in a mess. Amen. You say, preacher, what am I going to do? You just do your best and trust God for the rest. He said he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. He said, lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. That means the end of the age, but i got news for you. He's with me to the end of the world. Amen. Thank God. So, Turkish, they're shouting, they're chanting, Turkish military to Gaza. What does that mean, preacher? Well, here's a quote. I had to do a lot of study on this. Here's a quote from Military Magazine. The, the Turkish military is one of the largest in the area and compares to Iran and Egypt. So God says he's going to reach up into Russia. He's going to put a hook in their jaw. We already know the path that they're going to come down to. I taught that here. And they're going to come down. As they come down, they're going to come through Iran. They're going to come through Crimea and the edge of Ukraine, we already had that on a map before. They're going to come through Iran, into Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, and right into the land of Israel. God said he'll bring Russia down with a hook in their jaw. You say, what is that hook? And what's the bait of that hook? Well, it's the prosperity of Israel. 
If you look at modern-day Israel, they are a very, they're the, one of the most prosperous nations in the Middle East. They have oil supplies. They have gas supplies. These reserves have, have not been yet tapped into like Saudi Arabia, Omar, and Yemen, and those places. So Israel is a prosperous nation. As a matter of fact, if you go to the nation of Israel and you cross the border, you'll, you'll go from a well-developed subdivision into a slum. Israel manages their affairs very, very well. They manage their military very well. So God said he'll bring Russia down with a hook in its jaw, prosperity. Russia's interest is not as they come down into the Middle East through East Germany, through Ukraine, through Crimea, through Iran, as they come down, they are not looking to spread communism. They are not looking to support the Muslim religion or the Muslim philosophy. They're coming for prosperity. Somebody's got to pay for their war. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Well, let's go back to the Bible. You're in Ezekiel 38. Look down at verse number 12. Why are they coming? Ezekiel 38, 12. To take a spoil to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations. That is a great description of Israel now, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the, midst of the land. Verse 13 mentions silver, gold, and spoils. You know how Putin is going to pay for his war machine? His greedy eyes are on Israel. Guess who else, else's eyes are on Israel? The God of heaven. Amen. You say, preacher, this is all kind of scary to me. It's all kind of, it kind of raises fears. Again, it's not to raise fear, it's to raise faith. Amen. Jesus is coming. It's thrilling to see this 2,600-year-old prophecy coming together right before our modern eyes. Now, if the modern interpretation of Gomer is, does include East Germany, that's going to only embolden Putin to become more powerful into that area. The Germans have a great engineering program. So as war builds here, we observe the serious, the significant, and the consequence, consequential results of war. The next question that I get all the time, is will this war, this Ezekiel 38 war, will it grow into a nuclear conflict? And the answer to that from the Bible is yes. You say, preacher, that's even more scary. Nuclear proliferation, uh, thermonuclear exchange between nations, that could mean the end of the world. Well, that's what we're talking about, people. That's what has been predicted. God said that this world has an end. Are y'all with me? God said that time is going to have an end. And what the reason he gives us these things is so that we will prepare to meet him. Amen. Hopefully we're prepared tonight. Hopefully if you're under the sound of my voice, you'll get prepared. So will it grow into a nuclear conflict? Let's go down. The answer is yes. Let's read Verse 18 of Ezekiel 38. And it shall come to pass the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. You reckon God ever gets mad? He says he does. 
He says he even gets red-faced when he gets mad. Amen. For in my jealousy and the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day they shall, there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and the creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence, and the mountains shall be thrown down. The steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. And I will plead against him with pestilence and blood and rain upon his bands. Watch this. Rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him with an overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. Watch this. Here's the reason. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations and they shall know that I am the Lord. Amen. Do you know why we don't know he's God in America? We got too, mu uh, too much other stuff to distract our attention. Do you know why we don't know he's God? Because we're too prosperous of a nation. We've got too many things to do, too much money to earn, too many plans. We've, we're going our own way at a breakneck speed, and we don't recognize that he is God. And God said, when all of this takes place, the mountains are thrown down, the land shakes, the fishes of the sea. When this fire comes down from him, I'll give you the word for that in just a minute. He says, they're going to know that I am God. Amen. Is that, the next question is, okay, so we know that nuclear, uh, thermonuclear exchange is going to happen. The next question is, is it tactical nuclear weapons just, you know, tactical nuclear weapons are just deployed for small skirmishes and troops, but strategic nuclear weapons are ballistic, inter ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles that go from nation to nation. Which is going to be employed, tactical or strategical? Well, let's, let's go to the Word of God. So he says in verse... Uh, Number 23, he said, I'll magnify myself, and everybody will know. And uh, he said, I'll call for 21, I'll call for a sword, and every man's sword shall be against his brother. He said in verse 22, I will rain upon him and his bands, and upon many people are with him an overflowing rain. That word is, he said, I'll send fire. And that word is the word ayash, A-Y-S-H, and it means a flashing burn. And uh, so I think that pretty much explains that there will also be uh, tactical nuclear weapons, but I think it also explains that there will be strategic nuclear weapons because he said that he would rain fire on the isles. And when you look up that word isles, it means the coastlands. So when you interpret coastlands, is that, is that the United Kingdom? Is that America, Canada, South America? What is that? I don't know. You interpret. I don't know the interpretation of coastlands. But God said that there would be a thermonuclear exchange in the land, in the Middle East. That would be a tactical. But he said there would also be strategical fire fall on uh, the nations or the coastlands. What nations does that mean by coastlands? I don't know. I'm going to leave that up to you. There's no way 
There's people who say, yeah, that's America. Look at our coast. I don't know that. There's people who say it's not America. It's, it's the U.K. because there are islands there. You know, Ireland and Scotland and the U.K. is all islands. I don't know. The Bible says isles or coastlands. So you figure that out. All I know is God says all this is going to happen so that they'll know that I'm God. Let me ask you a question tonight. What would it take tonight for America to get back on its knees and say he's God? What would it take tonight for the people of America to get back like we did and come to an old-fashioned altar and bow on their knees and repent of their sins and trust Christ, ask for the blessings of God on our nation again? What would it take? I'm going to tell you what it would take. It takes something chaotic. There was more prayer right after 9-11 than there's ever been. The churches were full. Why? When times get chaotic, people turn to God. But just as quick as the blessings start to flow again, the economy comes up again, the security comes back, we feel sort of secure in ourselves, then guess what? We turn our hearts away. Listen, let's take a great lesson right here. God help us in the good times to serve the Lord. God help us in the, in, in, in when, when the finances are good and the children are, are, are happy and, and life is going good. God help us to stay in the house of God and give him praise. God help us to stay on our knees and, and serve him and love him. Oh, may, may we never have to go through chaos and tragedy to look up. But God said it's going to happen to the nations here that they'll know that I am God. Now, you say, preacher, when will all that take place? This nuclear exchange, thermonuclear exchange you're talking about, I think it'll happen right about the rapture of the church. We better be looking up. We better be praying the prayer, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. How many of you pray that prayer? Do you pray it on a daily basis? Lord, I'm looking for you today, and if I don't see you today, I'll look for you when I lay down tonight. Lord, when I raise up in the morning, I'm going to look for you. I'm, I don't know about you, I'm looking for Jesus. And the more I see, the more I look for him. Preacher, what's going to happen to America? I don't know, but for just a few minutes, I'm going to give you some facts that will knock your socks off. And, and, and uh, you know, you take what I'm giving you. What I'm about to give you in the next seven minutes uh, is just going to be facts. We're not going to be in the Bible, although I'll be preaching against sin a little bit. But, but uh, we're, I, here's what I'm going to give you. Let's turn our attention toward America. Can America handle a war on three fronts? Russia, China, Israel. Uh, you know, can we handle if Magog comes down, China goes into Taiwan, all these rogue states start seeing the, 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 the nations start realigning. By the way, the economists say right off the bat, they, they don't, not even hiding it now, that there's going to be a great reset. My Bible says there's going to be a great reset. It's coming, folks. And so the next big question is, where is America? Well, we're $33 trillion in debt. When I mentioned this back in June, we were $31 trillion in debt. Now we're $33 trillion in debt. You say, well, that's just a couple of trillion. Well, it wasn't until 1980 
that we were $1 trillion in debt. It took us 200 years to get in $1 trillion worth of debt, and now we're mounting up $2 trillion in just about three months. Hmm. Where is America, preacher? Where's American prophecy? I don't know. Uh, our, uh, here's, here's a, <laughs> you want a quote, a quote from an economist? Here's an econ- a quote from, I forgot the economist's name. When your debt rises much faster than your income does for an extended period of time, it's always going to result in pain every single time. I don't need an economist to tell me that. I learned that when I was in elementary school. How dumb are our economists today? When your debt rises exponentially over your income, you're going to be hurting, friend. And that is exactly where our country is. Listen to me carefully. Here's what I'm going to preach on sin, and I'm going to hit it hard, and I'm not going to pull back what I'm about to say. The clock is ticking on America. Listen to me carefully. I love America. This is the most wonderful country that's ever been on the face of planet Earth. I've enjoyed my freedom. I've enjoyed my prosperity. Man, we could just about do anything we want to do. Praise God. But listen. The clock is ticking on America. You say, preacher, I don't want to hear that. It's scary. Listen, the Antichrist is coming on the scene, and this superpower is in his way. Amen. You better be praying that Jesus comes soon. The clock is ticking for America. Why? We're addicted to sex. We're addicted to drugs. We're addicted to alcohol. We're addicted to shopping. We're addicted to eating. We're addicted to entertainment, and our biggest addiction is greed. Getting quiet. We are addicted to all those things. No other country has ever had what we have, and we just want more. Our biggest addiction is not dope. Our biggest addiction is not liquor. Our biggest addiction is not sex. Our biggest addiction in America is greed. I'm going to tell you something. The clock is ticking on America. According to the NPR, let's go back to drugs. Overdose deaths set a brand new high last year. Listen to this. The number of Americans who die of heart disease from obesity tripled last year. Listen to this. Drag queens. You remember the drag queens? Everybody know what a drag queen is? The drag queens who caused such a stir at the L.A. Dodgers baseball game. Y'all remember that? They were invited to one of the largest churches in America to support LGBT. Here it is. The Cathedral of Hope. I'm reading this out of the news. The Cathedral of Hope recited a pledge to drag queens calling it divine diversity. Let me tell you something. If you can recite (laughs) a pledge to drag queens and call it divine diversity, you're of the devil. That's where America is. You might as well pledge to recite a pledge to Satan himself. I'm going to tell you something. I think... Again, I love America. I'm a patriot. Man, if there's anybody that was ever a conservative patriot, I am. I love the history of this country. But I'm going to tell you something. Just like Sodom and Gomorrah, we have just about sinned away our day of grace. 
With all this going on in the world and all this going on in America, folks, tonight, we better be on our knees. We better be in the Word of God. We better have a heart prepared to meet the Lord in the air. For the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort ye one another with these words. Praise God. The dollar's in trouble. Let me give you this quickly. I've got to close. Here's where we are monetarily in the globe. And I want you to know this. You say that doesn't have anything to do with the Bible. Yes, it does. The Antichrist is going to control money. Here's where we are in the money situation. There is another national alliance, another national coalition called BRICS, B-R-I-C-S. That is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. BRICS. They are trying to take us away from the petrodollar. The U.S. dollar is the global currency, especially for petroleum. That's why it's called the petrodollar. If America, if that ever gets undermined and the world does not trade in U.S. dollars, your dollar won't be worth the toilet paper in that bathroom back there. Are you all with me? Now, BRICS, that alignment that I just mentioned, I'm not going to mention those countries again, they are trying to take the globe away from the petrodollar. On the other hand, you have the Federal Reserve and global banks trying to take us to a digital dollar. Now, there's, there's a war here because if the digital dollar goes through, that'll be a global currency. It won't be a BRICS currency versus a, petro, a petrodollar. It'll just be all one digital currency. Which one do you think is going to win? The digital currency is going to win. But there is, listen, there is about to be, and you can mark it down. I said it from this pulpit. There is about to be an economic Armageddon like we have never seen. You better be ready. You say, preacher, how do I insulate myself? Well, you're going to do your own homework on that. I've already done mine, and I know what I've done. But here's, here's what I'm going to say. The winner is going to be digital currency. The Antichrist will control everything, everything. If you make a statement against the government and, the, and this system is in place, they can shut down your bank account. They did it to the truckers in Canada I'm going to go a step further, and this may seem out of proportion to you or like it'll never happen, but I'm telling you it's going to happen. They're telling us that we don't need to eat red meat anymore, that cattle, sheep, and goats are polluting, causing global warming and, and uh, global problems. And they're trying to take us away from eating red meat. I'm going to tell you something about that. God gave us this earth for our blessing. God gave us this earth to use. And what they'll say in the future is that if you consume red, they'll, they'll track your purchases. And if you're consuming too much red meat, your taxes will go up to make up for the global warming. Are y'all with me? You say that the government won't have that much control. You're not fooling around with the government. You're fooling around with the devil. And when the devil, listen, you think the government's bad, you wait till the devil gets in the government. You ain't seen nothing yet. 
Amen. The devil wants control. Amen. This free internet system that we have now, it's going to be monitored by robots, chatbots, and all you'll get is a little bit of information, and that'll all be lies and propaganda. I'm talking about, that's about where we are, where we're headed, folks. You say, preacher, when is all this going to take place? Man, I hope I'm gone before it does. I, I don't want to see this happen. But the Bible is clear that when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's going to gain a foothold of global power. And the way he controls the world is through the economy. It's much easier to grab the economy and control the world than it is to take a military force and control it. Y'all with me? But once he controls it economically, then he can control it militarily, and then he'll want to control it religiously. That's when the mark of the beast comes along. That's when that abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet comes along, and he'll try to, he'll try to sew up and show himself that he is God. In Revelation 13, the Antichrist will have iron-fisted control over buying and selling. There will have to be a cashless society. Just like I said, America is greed-possessed, you better believe the devil is greed-possessed. He wants this world. He wants the nation of Israel. He wants the city of Jerusalem. He wants people to worship him. That's what he's been trying to do from the Garden of Eden. That's what he did to Jesus in the wilderness of temptation. He wants power. The person who is power-hungry is more of the devil than he is anything else. Amen. So Satan's power-possessed, he's greed-possessed, he's evil, he's wicked, he's deceptive, but the top of the list, Satan, is after souls. Amen. Here's where we are as Christians. I close the message. It's three minutes to eight. As Christians, we better be right. If we're not right, we better get right. We better prepare. If we're not prepared... We better get prepared. Amen. We better prepare our hearts. We better prepare our families. We better make sure that we're getting the gospel message of the Lord Jesus out. Listen, we have tonight a hope. We have an expectation. And while this world looks at all this gloom and doom, you and I have got the answer. We're getting out of here. Let's get people in. It's just about over. Well, to be looking for Jesus daily. Get right, stay right, look for Jesus daily. Pray for his immediate return. Love our brothers. The Bible says, and I close with these verses. Romans chapter 12, verse number 11, 13, 11. And knowing the time that now, 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 it is high time that we awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Folks, tonight is a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call from what is going on in our world to what is going on in our nation to what is going on even in our local counties to get right and stay right with God for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And then the, the quote that I always use on the radio broadcast, Romans 13, 12, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light.
because I like the word. I'll refer us again to the word that Jesus used at the beginning of the message. He said, watch and pray that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. Amen. Let's stand to our feet.